Welcome to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. More than 350 artists are setting up right now at the Poe Pathways Indigenous Arts Festival at the Pauwaki Pueblo in New Mexico. They're kicking off three days of music, dance, fashion, and arts. We're going to hear about this upstart art celebration that draws both big names and up-and-coming Native talent. We'll get a preview of the weekend from some of the participants and hear why such events are so important to individual artists and tribal economies. We're live right after the news. This is National Native News. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. A Native group is advocating for Native Hawaiian-led solutions to address the Maui wildfires. Indian Collective, along with its Native Hawaiian partners and board member, are urging tourists not to travel to Maui at this time, while residents work to recover. They say there are already very limited resources. They're advocating for community-led rebuilding efforts to center on Indigenous knowledge and ways of life of Native Hawaiian people. Native Hawaiian Indian Collective board member Camille Kalama says they're mobilizing resources and support for the Native Hawaiian community and are encouraging grassroots efforts, including local mobilization and community-led solutions. They're also asking people to seek out vetted donation funds that are supporting immediate mutual aid efforts. Fire devastated their ancestral homelands, destroyed cultural and historical sites, burned businesses and homes, displacing people and separating many who are still searching for their loved ones. The Arizona School Boards Association has, for the first time in the organization's 80-year history, chosen an Indigenous woman to be president to its board of directors. Alex Gonzalez reports. The ASBA is a nonprofit group that provides training and other services to public school governing boards across Arizona. Desiree Fowler, a Navajo Nation tribal member, says she's committed to representing Native communities and border towns, as well as working to address the unique challenges rural and urban school districts face. A large percentage in northern Arizona is going to be Navajo. So I just felt that our voices weren't heard at the state level. And I felt that it was important that we continue to advocate at the association level to be able to be transparent and you know just be diverse in every aspect. Fowler calls the new appointment a milestone for her and for all Native Americans. As she says, she's opening doors for future generations. Fowler has served in other positions with the ASBA and adds those experiences have given her the tools and knowledge to be a strong advocate for public schools and equitable education. Fowler has also served on the Page Unified School District, which borders the Navajo Nation, where 80% of the students in the community are Native American. At the administrative and school board level, Fowler says, She's the only full-blooded Native American that represents that 80%, which she calls a sad situation. But in reality, I'm the only one that lives out on the reservation. And I purposely do that because I want to continue to make it known that, you know, we can make changes happen. We can, we can accomplish big things. Fowler says when it comes to northern Arizona and Native communities, things such as infrastructure, lack of access, and cultural differences – can make getting an equitable education more challenging, but she hopes to help change that. I'm Alex Gonzalez.
Ada Deer, a prominent Native leader from the Menominee Nation in Wisconsin, passed away this week. She was a longtime advocate for Native rights who helped with Menominee federal restoration, which led to her becoming the first woman to chair the tribe. Deer was also involved in state and national politics. She became the first Native woman to hold the position of Assistant Secretary for Indian Affairs, leading the Bureau of Indian Affairs. In a social media post, Menominee Nation News announced her passing, saying she was a true inspiration and her legacy will continue to live on. She recently celebrated her 88th birthday and was honored by Wisconsin with August 7th as Ada Deer Day. The Associated Press reports she died of natural causes. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. National Native News is produced by Kiwanak Broadcast Corporation with funding by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Support by the Colorado Plateau Foundation, supporting Native-led initiatives protecting plateau lands, waters, and cultures by building networks, community, and organizational capacity. Grant proposals accepted through September 2nd at coloradoplateaufoundation.org. Support by Sanofsky Chambers Law, championing tribal sovereignty and Native American rights since 1976, from opioids litigation to treaty rights to tribal self-governance, with offices in Washington, D.C., New Mexico, California, and Alaska. Sanofsky Chambers Law. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network. Coming to you live from the Pewaukee Pueblo in New Mexico, this is Native America Calling. The Poe Pathways Indigenous Arts Festival had an ambitious and auspicious start two years ago. They brought hundreds of artists and thousands of collectors and arts enthusiasts under one roof at the Buffalo Thunder Resort. And everyone had to wear masks due to the pandemic. Now the health threat is lifted and the festival is making more of a name for itself. We're going to get a feel for what's in store this weekend from some of the organizers and participants. And we'd like you to join us. Is checking out Poe Pathways on your to-do list this weekend? If so, what are you most looking forward to at this festival that celebrates Native art and culture? Talk with us on the air by calling 1-800-996-2848. That's 1-800-99-NATIVE on your keypad. It is a gorgeous northern New Mexico summer morning here at Buffalo Thunder Resort. I'm your host, Sean Spruce. The sun is shining, birds are chirping, and I can already taste the oven bread and green chili stew. Hey. Let's meet our first guests who are here with me this morning. Carl Duncan is the executive director of the Poe Cultural Center on the Pueblo of Pewaukee. He is Arikara, Hidatsa, Mandan, and San Carlos Apache. Carl, great to have you on the show again. Yeah, thanks for having me. Also with us here at Poe Pathways is Jacob Shihei. He is the marketing director at Poe, and he is Santa Clara Pueblo. Jacob, welcome. Sengitamo. Hey, Sengitamo. Good morning. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. And on the line, we have Cougar V. Hill. He is the outreach coordinator for the Poe Cultural Center. He is Hickory Apache. Thanks for joining us again here on Native America Calling, Cougar. Don't It's good to be here. Well, it's great to have you. 
And let's go ahead and get this conversation started. Carl, I want to talk with you first. And can you believe Poe Pathways here celebrating its third year already? It crept up. Uh, it seemed just like last year that we just finished up. And that's what happens each year. It seems to come by so quickly. And I know we have so many artists getting ready. Uh, so many people are already um, here on Boots on the Ground in Santa Fe. What have you learned in the past three years about making the show successful, getting the right artists, the right entertainment here? It's a big production. Yeah, um, the Polk Cultural Center, you know, we really uh, work to be a community-based program, uh, trying to support the local community, uh, local artists with different programming. And so we started with smaller uh, markets in the area, summer market. And as the pandemic hit, we really just kind of saw the need to support um, our community and uh, native artists. And so that's how um, kind of Pathways was born, uh, trying to support and find another way to help native artists. We did a number of... Um, uh, financial aid grants through the pandemic, uh, virtual programming. And as we were coming out of it, you know, we thought, hey, what are we going to do next? And so uh, we kind of uh, created this Pathways uh, Festival that is really open and accessible to Native artists. And kind of that's what we were really proud of, being a bit different than other markets. Uh, we're accessible not just to the public, being a free event. Um, all of our programming is free. But we do call for artists, call for uh, performers. Uh, we're opening up our film program, and we really are trying to make things accessible. And we have hundreds and hundreds of artists that have been participating um, each year in our, in our event. It's in our third year, and so we're really happy to provide that opportunity for artists. And Carl, how much has Poe Pathways grown since three years ago? Uh, we had uh, around 300 uh, artists that were performing, and now we're around about 360 artists uh, this year. And uh, if we include uh, artists as filmmakers and performers, we're about uh, 400 or so. And again, all, everything's free. Uh, la the first year, we provided uh, free boots outside. Uh, this year, we're having uh, free boots, uh, a number of limited free boots, first come, first serve, outside. And we hope to do that every single year. Um, but we really, again, are just, uh, we have a number of uh, food vendors. We have about eight food vendors outside. And that's what Pathways is really about. It's about um, visiting with family and friends, being able to um, check out different artists, what they have. But a lot of the art is something that we ourselves would buy. You know, a lot of times, uh, you know, we have a range of, of, of emerging artists, um, but also established artists that, um, you know, they have their own galleries. They show in different places around the country. Uh, but then we also have first-timers who are trying it out, and they find out that, you know, they love making art. They're making jewelry. Uh, painting, and we're really happy to nurture that and to try to increase uh, you know, the creative economy uh, for Native communities. Well, this just all sounds so exciting, and it's all going to kick off tomorrow, Friday morning. Jacob, uh, we talk so much about the artists, right? The pottery, the jewelry, the ledger art, but music is a big part of Poe Pathways as well. Right. Yeah, so um, this year and last year, what we did, we did a call for musicians, performers, you know, and so that goes out maybe like a month or so after we do our call for artists. So, you know, it's open to any kind of indigenous performer, right? So this year we have about 32 performers. Um, that includes dance groups, live musicians, live bands, live solo artists. We also have a spoken word by Alana Bluebird and comedy by Josh Fournier also. So, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun, you know, booking these artists and, you know, these are all national touring acts. We have Gary Farmer, who's probably one of our bigger known artists, uh, Gary Farmer and the Troublemakers, and we have Def I also coming. 
um, and Mozart Gabriel coming down from Nashville. So yeah, it's it's going to be a, a huge uh, event. You know, we are calling it Poachella, just because <laughs> of you know all the music that we're having. It's three days, and like Carl said, it's free. You know, sometimes you pay to see some of these musicians in bigger arenas or bigger areas, and you know this is all free. So you can come here, buy some merch from them, say hello, get a photo, and so. You know, I think that's one thing that makes Pathways really exciting and really different is that we have all these um, opportunities for artists, not just, you know, traditional art, but we also do the filmmaking, like Carl said, and then we have food, which is maybe, you know, another type of indigenous art, too, um, and then the music, too. So yeah, looking forward to it, for sure. You've also got some dance coming up, too. Yeah, so we have dance groups. Um, we have uh, Yellowbird Indian Dancers. We have the Pulaki Hoop Dancers. And um, Sky City Buffalo Dance Group also. So there's a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of diverse performances this weekend. So looking forward to it. Cougar, you're on the line. I want to ask you, what do you think it is about Poe Pathways that draws so many artists? I mean, there's so many other festivals, so many other shows. What's special about Poe Pathways that just gets so many people excited? Uh, I think it's uh, our built relationship that we have with um, artists, you know, we've, um, I personally, I'm an artist too. And really the only markets I've ever done were with the pole. I've done the summer market and I've done the winter market before they moved into Buffalo Thunder. And I've always just been like, I've always just liked the, you know, the family feel of the organ of the organization, you know, it just feels very personable and it just feels like, uh, you know, friendly, um, you know, and I have done, you know, I've done really good, you know, and just because of the crowds that, you know, that come through. So I just really enjoy just, um, you know, just because we are a very small organization and we all know each other. And, you know, we, we're we very family-like here at the Poe. And, you know, I just, I, you know, and it, and it comes off that way um, to, you know, the, the artists, you know. So we, we're there on the grounds, we're there working and, you know, um, you know, and it's just, it's just a different way. Even how we promote is different too. Uh, you know, I don't know if you saw it today. We just post. Uh, Jacob just posted uh, the memes. You know, which is getting a lot of attention right now. You know, and so we just do different things differently. You know, and we just approach the uh, market in a very, you know, a very um, authentic way. And I think that's what attracts artists. Authenticity for sure, Cougar. There are so many great native artists and. They're all blessed with a unique style. They have different skills. How do you make sure all of the different genres of Native art are represented here at Poe? I mean, you've got the jewelry. You've got the ledger art. You've got painters. You've got silversmithing and pottery. There's so much. Oh, there's many more, too. There's uh, entrepreneurs there, too. Um, you know, there's people that are making T-shirts, uh, making, you know, uh, other things, outside of the visual arts, you know, they're, they're making merchandise, you know, some of them are making soaps and candles and uh, either uh, they're bringing, um, you know, cupcakes and just different types of food. You know, these are the brands that they have. Uh, it's a great place to test out your product. You know, if you're not an artist, you know, um, I, I personally make t-shirts, you know, and I like that, you know, there's, I like that there's an outlet, there's a big market that welcomes that kind of uh, merchandise, you know, and so we're just really open to many different types of um, creative forms. And, you know, and I think, you know, artists, artists see that, you know, and, and, you know, it's, it's a really great place for, for, you know, things 
uh, other things than visual art, you know. So, you know, we welcome all types. We welcome all types of art. Thank you, Cougar. And Carl, I want to ask you about how many visitors do you expect to filter through throughout the whole weekend this year? Well, we had a couple of thousand uh, last year, and we're hoping to, you know, continue to increase that every year. Uh, we do our best to market this um, throughout the year and get support from different uh, nonprofits or sponsors. You know, we really appreciate all the different collaborations that we've worked with um, to help uh, support this. So uh, we're excited about the event that we're setting up right now. Uh, if you drive by Buffalo Thunder, you'll see all the tents that are already out there. Uh, we have just as many uh, booths indoors. And so uh, it's a, a three-day event, and we have you know, a lot to see. It's all free programming. A lot of films, too. I think, I'm sure if we touched on that, we'll be screening uh, reservation do uh, dogs, and we'll have some uh, content creators uh, be part of that. Uh, so please come on by. It's all free. A lot of Sundance uh, independent films that are going to be um, uh, shorts that are going to be uh, filmed there as well, screened there. And Jacob, there's also going to be a fashion show tomorrow. Yeah, so the fashion show tomorrow, um, also I guess we have Sage here who's also going to be speaking about that. But yeah, that was curated by Linda Romero, and so I believe we have about five um, fashion designers. And so that goes on um, outside of Buffalo Thunder, in our uh, outdoor stage area, and that goes um, Friday at 12 p.m. So 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Um, yeah, come by, check out all the fashion. You know, I think that's another um, native art outlet, right, is indigenous fashion, too. So. I feel like that's growing, and um, yeah, come check it out for sure. We're going to learn more about the Pope Pathways fashion show right after this next break. We've got a guest, Sage Mountainflower, who's going to tell us about that. We've also got a very, very well-known Laguna Potter by the name of Josie Kai, and she's going to be joining us as well after this next break. So stay with us, folks. There is no bigger celebration of Native arts than this weekend's Santa Fe Indian Market. At least a thousand artists and a hundred thousand collectors and arts enthusiasts take over New Mexico's capital city. We'll find out what's new this year and join in the celebration on the next Native America Calling. kids their best shot at a healthy school year. Make sure their vaccinations are up to date. Contact your local Indian health care provider for more information. Visit insurekidsnow.gov or call 1-800-318-2596. A message from the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. We are on location at the Poe Pathways Indigenous Arts Festival taking place this weekend here at Powaki Pueblo, just a short drive north of Santa Fe, New Mexico. We're also talking about the importance of Native art in general, so join us with a comment or question. Our number is 1-800-996-2848. 1-800-996-2848. We've got our producers in Albuquerque. They're standing by. They will take your calls. We'll get you on the air, so give us a call, 1-800-996-2848. I've got a couple of artists now who are joining us here at Poe Pathways at Buffalo Thunder. First joining me is 
Josie Kai. She is a contemporary and traditional potter. She is Laguna Pueblo from the village of Siama. Guazzi, sister, good to have you back on the show. Guazzi, brother, it's so wonderful to be here. And thanks for getting up early to make the drive. Yeah, it was a drive, a fast drive. <laughs> but we made it here safely, thanks. All righty. And I see your better half here, Ed Nunez. He's, uh, he's here ready to go as well. How you doing, Ed? Doing really good. Thank you for having me. You bet. Also joining us here at Poe Pathways is Sage Mountainflower. She is a fashion designer, and she is O.K. Owinge, Taos Pueblo, and Navajo. Sengitamo, sister. Doing well. You didn't have to drive quite as far as Josie, but we sure do appreciate you being here in person. Yes. Yeah, I'm um, housed in Okelinga now with my fashion house there. And so, yeah, I didn't have to drive too far. Well, tell us more about the fashion show tomorrow. What can people expect? Oh, I'm excited. We have a great lineup tomorrow. So we do have uh, six designers. We have six designers that are, are going to be in the show tomorrow. We have Cody Lente Casero. We have... Um, she's from Laguna, and then myself, Ashley Aguilar, Santo Domingo Pueblo, Courtney Little Axe, Santa, um, and she's Northern Cheyenne, Joanne Miles Long, she's from San Carlos Apache, and Penny Singer, so we're excited for our lineup tomorrow, it's going to be really exciting, it's uh, both um, like uh, traditional and contemporary wear, so you know, we really want to highlight um, fashion in, in both realms of of clothing, so it's really exciting to be uh, part of the show. I've been doing it um, with the assistance with Linda Romero, and I'm just grateful that Poe has provided us the space for this um, opportunity to um, present um, indigenous fashion. And it's you know it's growing and it's just up and coming, and it's exciting to like be a part of it. See, it's just been a really busy year for you, Milan. You've been to Paris. You've been all over the U.S. What have been some of your favorite shows so far this year? This year was Lehigh, Utah. I went back uh, this past weekend to Lehigh, Utah, and with the American Indian Services, um, and they really hosted us well. And we had three designers there: myself, Rebecca um, uh, Osa Sumakias. Uh -huh. I, I'm sorry, I, I ruined it. <laughs> and then JG Indy. So that was really exciting to finally meet like Osa. She's really awesome. I love. I follow her, and I love her her design. So that was really cool. But we had a really great time, and it was just this past weekend. I think they'll be pushing it forward for the next coming years. And what are some new designs you're introducing? Uh, this one I'm bringing out what I call Into the Mist collection. So it's just a, a, kind of like a white on white with some hues of gold just um, pop in. And then in the past, I'm, I'm thinking of bringing back um, since Barbie's hot right now. You know, <laughs> um, I did do I was popping pink way back when I first started this thing, so I might just bring that out for fun. I saw a picture uh, on social media of you in one of those Barbie boxes. Where was that taken? In New York. So I'm getting ready to go to New York Fashion Week this year, and it's really exciting. It's just like a whole different level of where my indigenous fashion is headed. So, um, yeah, and they, I had to go out there and watch the model call and things like that. So that was pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. And have you seen Barbie yet? I haven't. Yes, I did. No, I did. I watched it. Of course I watched it. It was pretty cool. Like I, I, It wasn't what I expected, but I really enjoyed it. Well, it's going to be really exciting. Now, the fashion show, what time is it again tomorrow? It's tomorrow at noon, and I, I know I'm first, and then I'm just going to be doing the MC, so that's going to be pretty fun, too. 
All righty. And where can listeners go to learn more about it? Is there a website or social media to track? Um, we don't have a, I guess, Poe. Poe's the one that's, you know, it's their, it's their, their production too. You know, they're, they're the ones that provided us the space. And I'm so grateful to Carl for like, when I walked in, you know, several years ago, we need to do fashion. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, oh, let me see if we got, you know, time. And we found it on, at noon on, on Friday at noon. Okay. Well, Sage, tell us a little bit more about your style. I know it's, it's, it's got a contemporary flair, but you use a lot of traditional textiles and fabrics. And how have you kind of come up with your brand and, and your whole way of doing native fashion? I don't know. I just like the traditional look. But then I also like to add that contemporary flair you, you mentioned. It's just um, I like the traditional art, like beadwork. I like um, adding all that to it. And then also, you know, in public country, we're embroiderers and I like the the designs from the embroidery, but then adding it with the glam, with you know the beadwork is is kind of where I've been um, really bringing that into into my artwork. And what are your favorite materials? Do you wool? Do you like cotton? Do you like other types of fabrics? Ribbon shirts. Well, I like sa- I like satin. I like just the smoothness of it. But then I do use wool for my Pueblo wrap, and then. Um, that's just taken off to a whole no- another level with that. So hoping that you know I continue to make those wraps, and then um, I do use a lot of cotton when I make uh, ribbon shirts or the traditional wear. So it's just lighter and it's you know like cooler, I guess. But yeah, my favorite really. Everybody asks what's the favorite thing you like to make, and I really enjoy making ribbon shirts. That's like my favorite thing, but <laughs> nobody like you know. And then when you finally make it, it it doesn't last very long in my hands. So. Um, but that's the one best thing I like to make is ribbon shirts. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, 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 ribbon skirts have just blown up so much. Everywhere you go now, you see Native women, conferences everywhere, different tribes. But I want to see ribbon shirts kind of make that same evolution. You know, I mean, you still see people wearing them like in traditional attire and things like that, but they aren't quite as ubiquitous as ribbon skirts. What do you think it's going to take to just get all us Native guys out there wearing ribbon shirts every day, everywhere? Yeah, that would be so cool. I did do a, like a like a short sleeve one, and I presented it at the Lehigh, Utah show, and it sold like right off the runway. <laughs> a short sleeve ribbon shirt. Yeah, and it had like like um, just a qu- a small detail on the right side, and then in the back I had like a little quick design. It wasn't quick, but you know I put a design in the back, but no like hanging ribbon. It just looked, I don't know. It was really nice how I I made it, but it didn't like. Yeah, it didn't last long, and I was hoping to make more this week, but, man, it's been a busy week, you know? <laughs> well, for sure. I mean, I know you put so much into these shows, and there's so much prep and, and so much time spent sewing, and and I want to ask you, Josie, I mean, here you are at Poe Pathways. You were here last year. How long does it take you to get ready, Josie, for a big show like this? Well, for a big show like this, I've started about mm, maybe three months ago, but I'm still working on um, orders um, and just, you know, on different things that I, that I have orders for through online orders. So it takes about a good three months. I painted my last piece last night. <laughs> <laughs> fired it and wrapped it up and zoomed up here. Yeah. You fired it last night, <clears throat> burning the midnight oil, yes, literally. It, yeah, my shop was, my, my studio was so hot. So we were sort of just sitting outside waiting waiting to fire <laughs> but yeah it's 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 a it's a good thing those three months go really fast they really go fast 
Josie, you've talked about your work on the show before, but please remind our listeners, tell us more about your style of pottery, what it looks like, what it's inspired by. Right. So I, I do the traditional, um, with the traditional clay, the traditional paints. I also do um, store-bought clay, which is um, sort of second pricing on my list, um, but I still create with it and um, through the traditional um, techniques. And um, I, <clears throat> just like Sage, I, I love the old designs, but I throw my little twist in there every now and then, a little contemporary, uh, throwing in turtles. Turtles are my big sellers. So I throw <laughs> turtles on everything now. But yeah, so it, it's just doing um, pictographs on there is what I do now. And like I said, I have a lot of orders for butterflies, so I'm throwing butterflies on pots, on, on water jugs, on wedding vases. So, it, yeah, it's just my own little twist to the traditional designs. Josie, there are other tribal nations that, that have a tradition of making pottery. Southeastern yes. tribes make pottery, other parts of the country. For Native people that aren't familiar with Pueblo pottery, what is it about it, our style that makes it so unique? Well, again, it comes from, like, when, I, when somebody buys my pot, they're not only buying a piece of me and my creations, they're buying part of mother earth from laguna so they're all you know because we mine our own clay there so they're you know they're getting that gift as well um and i usually include my um um description of the designs what they mean the prayers that go into them um how the pot is broken up into four you know sections and but i can't really go into too much detail about that <laughs> no. right, but right. yeah so so yeah i mean and it's it's prayer prayer is very important when it's you know, when creating a Pueblo pot. And you've been making pottery now for, what, close to three decades, I yes. think? And yeah. reflecting back on when you first started making pottery and where you're at now, what's changed in terms of your approach and just your whole attitude? Oh, my confidence is, is outstanding now. I used to just sell to my relatives. <laughs> <laughs> and, that was, and at the small feasts with, you know, like Laguna feasts and just different feasts, and it, it took notice. The, the community took notice, as well as um, finally getting the courage to post my stuff online so the world could see it. So, yeah, I mean, and like from then until now, I, I still, again, you know, people say, you're very humble. And I try to be. <laughs> and my, my friend Ed, he's like, oh, my God, you should see her stuff. And I'm just like, <laughs> stop. <laughs> and yeah, but it, it's. I, I try to stay humble, and I, I, I think I do a good job, but Ed thinks that I should just be out there, just throwing my pots everywhere, putting them here and there, but, you know, for the world to see. And I, I mean, and I've done a good job of that so far, I think. You've done a really good job of that. You've been you. the focus of a, a very well-received documentary that profiled your career and your family. You've done some really high-profile commission pieces for universities and museums. And uh, what's next, Josie? I mean, what are you looking for to the future? Ah, uh, I, uh, I, I'm not sure. And I think that's an honest answer. <laughs> I'm not sure. I just, like I said, I have my studio in my home, and I'm creating. I use a lot of the social uh, media, um, which, you know, last year it was my second my first year here at Pathways, and 
I am real big on social media with my TikTok and my Facebook, <laughs> my Instagram. And last year, 80% of my sales were from my TikTok followers. So shout out to my TikTok <laughs> followers. I really appreciate that. You've definitely got it going on on social media because I see all of your followers and, and your posts just blow up. And <laughs> let's talk a little bit more about TikTok because this is something, in addition to your pottery, you and Ed use TikTok. You've made a, a series of, of viral videos. You play these old school country music jams. Uh, Ed, you play guitar. Josie, you play bass. You sing. I mean, it, some of these have a lot of views. What, what, what turned you guys on to that? Well, it was during COVID when, you know, a lot of the downtime we had in just in the studio. Um, I wanted to learn guitar because Ed plays guitar. And he's like, let's try you on the bass. So I was like, okay. So yeah, so it was um, it was during COVID that I learned the bass. And right now we have about 30 to 40 songs <laughs> under our belt thanks to COVID. <laughs> and they're like old school, like Dwight Yoakam. And the Eagles, um, CCR. Credence. Yeah, Credence Clearwater. Um, what else do we play? Uh, gospel songs. Yeah. We play, um, a little bit of everything. Yeah. Ed Nunez, Josie's partner in crime. And yes, I'm here. Ed, um, so this is cool because you turned Josie onto music, but she's brought you into pottery. And, and I've, I've been to the studio before, but you're getting really good with the clay. You know your way around the studio. Yes, I do. She's the best teacher in the world. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, Ed, Ed um, he wanted to one day, uh, he, one day um, he's like, I really would love to learn you know, or get my hands in the clay. So, I mean, that was like my invite. Like, okay, sit down, let's do this. So right now he's, yeah, my apprentice. And he, I, I am so proud of him. He's, he gets, he is so helpful in the, in the studio and he gets everything to the point where I have to paint them. He won't paint yet. So I'm trying to get him into that stage. But <laughs> he does everything else. Yeah, he helps me collect the clay, process the clay, so he's learning right along with me, but it's a big help, and I appreciate him. And he's my chef, and he's my <laughs> my laundry man. He's my he's my everything right now. Jeez, so. I think you're about ready for health insurance with this plan here, Ed. Holy cow! As long as I have her next to my side, I'm all good. In <laughs> <laughs> the TikTok videos, um, which what's which one has the most views now? I think, um, let me see, I think uh, my, the seed pots, talking about the seed pots, that's been my biggest seller from um, just presenting them and giving the story of, of what a seed pot was used for um, to the designs. So right now that's probably my, my biggest um, TikTok right now. Yeah. Uh, and there's such a tradition of great Pueblo pottery, different Pueblos, and there's really a family, even with different Pueblo villages, there's really a family atmosphere amongst all of you folks that make pottery and, and how you just network and share. Talk a little bit about that, Josie. Well, yeah, actually, I'm a first-generation potter in my family. So going out and meeting other potters, they've become my family because they've been so helpful. Whereas, you know, people that do have it in their families um, grew up around it. They have the knowledge of it, and they can look to their grandparents, their mothers, their aunts for this knowledge, whereas I'm trudging that path for the first time. 
but I'm also looking back and, you know, I know I'm leaving that trail for my kids, my grandkids, and for the community as well. So, like I said, the the, the potters from ACMA, I mean, um, Santa Clara, I've met potters from Hamas. So they're, they're my family. They've given me that um, that knowledge, those answers to my questions. And passing it on to that next generation, that's, uh, that's a must-do, huh? Yes, it is. From um, 2006 to 2011, I taught within our Pueblo of Laguna through our um, Tribal Culture Enrichment Program. And through that, I, um, I had over 50 students. My youngest student was three years old. My oldest student was 83 years old. So, you know, you're, I always say you're never too young or you're never too old to learn. <laughs> Three to 83, that pretty much captures everybody. Exactly. Wonderful conversation we're having today with artists and organizers of the Poe Pathways Indigenous Arts Festival here at the Pueblo of Pewaukee, north of Santa Fe, New Mexico. Sure would like to take a caller now. If you want to give a shout-out to Josie, if you want to give a shout-out to Sage, if you want to ask Jacob or Carl a question, phone lines are open, 1-800-99-NATIVE. Program support by the Colorado Plateau Foundation, a Native-led foundation supporting Native-led initiatives protecting the lands, waters, and cultures of the Plateau for generations to come. The Colorado Plateau Foundation helps to build networks, community, and organizational capacity. The Colorado Plateau Foundation is accepting grant proposals through September 2nd. Eligibility information is available at coloradoplateaufoundation.org. We're glad to have you along today at Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce, live on location at Buffalo Thunder Resort. Still plenty of time to join this conversation today about the Poe Pathways Indigenous Arts Festival. Our number is 1-800-996-2848. Give us a call. Phone lines are open, 1-800-996-2848. We have Carl Duncan and Jacob Shehey back on the mics And, of course, we also have Cougar V. Hill, who is joining us on the line as well. And, uh, Carl, just listening to our artists earlier, Josie and Sage, uh, fashion shows, pottery, there is just so much to offer here at at Poe Pathways. And you set the bar so high. I mean, what next? I mean, when you think to the future, how much more do you want to grow this show? What do you want it to become? Well, you know, uh, at the Poe Cultural Center, you know, we're, we're more than a, a travel museum. You know, we, we also have an arts program that we do year-round. We provide free um, arts classes in traditional Pueblo arts. Uh, we also have our gift shop as well. And so we kind of have this little ecosystem that supports uh, Native artists. Uh, throughout the year, we also have artist trainings that we provide uh, for free. Um, everything we do is surrounded by supporting arts and community and that's kind of what sets us apart. We're really excited to see where this grows. And kind of coming from a background, my family has a native dance group and uh, my brother's hoop dance. And uh, I help teach the uh, hoop dance group here in the Pueblo Puake and coordinate that. And so it's really about everything to do to help the community in, in any way that we can. And because we have the venue, because we have uh, the tribal support here, uh, you know, we're able to do something that uh, I think other organizations may not be able to do uh, or might be a bit harder uh, because we're Native people helping other Native people. You know, it means a lot more 
we can do what we can um, with the resources that we have. And so we're, we're excited to see, you know, where it takes us. And, and you know, it, it's a lot of people, artists, uh, community members saying, hey, why don't you try this? Why don't you try that? You know, we never know what's going to be the next form of um, of creative arts. And so we're just here able to do that. We have an open mind, you know, open heart, able to see, you know, what what's, uh, what's going to blossom here and how can we uh, support that. So, you know, we, we don't uh, try to define what native art is. We try to support uh, what's out there currently. And there's a wide range of traditional to contemporary to youth um, art, uh, you know, all the way to the foods. You know, we have a Menko food truck. We have Good As Feast food truck, you know, uh, just food tents, you know, selling uh, fry bread. You know, we we support everything that we can because that's what is real and authentic in our communities. And so wherever this goes, you know, we're here to support that, um, all with community values. You know, this is where it all came from. Helping out uh, Native artists is something that we uh, should do and we're supposed to do. And it's, it's the best job in the world to have is to be able to uh, work in the creative arts field and uh, have a, a, a community of Pueblo that supports that in a uh, artists that do support us and push us along and say, you know, good job, keep going, we're here for you. So uh, that's really what drives us, and we'll see where that goes. And Carl, when you started Poe Pathways three years ago, like we said earlier, there's so many other festivals, and, and what were you trying to accomplish? What did you want to achieve with Poe Pathways that, that wasn't happening elsewhere in the Native Festival arts art scene? Uh, well, you know, I went to school at the Institute of American Indian Arts and uh, my degrees in museum studies. So I always took care of the art and all of my friends were artists. And so, you know, I always knew that they, you know, were struggling to show, to get ready for markets. And I, I did my best to um, display their art as best as I could and provide venues and shows and exhibits for them. And so uh, that's where I was really coming from and coming into this position. You know, what are other ways we can do to help out artists in other ways and there's a great uh, economy, uh, you know, cultural economy here in this particular region. And uh, we really wanted to see, you know, what's going to happen in the next 50 years, 100 years. You know, we really need to look at um, what people really want, what the community right now is, is really uh, dealing with. You know, there's so many, uh, you know, amazing Native filmmakers that are going on right now telling their story. And uh, we just want to do that again with Native artists and visual artists and what they're doing, what's their story. Uh, you know, a lot of people, artists even today, uh, are coming to Pathways for their first time, and they are becoming artists because of Pathways. And, you know, other markets, they may not be able to get into that, or they don't even think about that. But we provide that opportunity that now this is their first year, their second year, their third year, and they're really proud of that. And we even see them um, branching off into other markets as well. So we're really, really trying to support and nurture that creative economy. Well, let's talk more uh, about that educational component. And Cougar, we've got you on the line. And um, I I'm interested in learning more, Cougar, because there's the arts education component. Uh, we've learned about the training component of Poe Pathways as well. And is there any thought, Cougar, of expanding Pathways into more than just one weekend a year and maybe doing full-time, full-year programming? It's only just like what uh, Pathways. Cougar. Oh, here we oh. go. Yeah, can you hear me? I can hear you, Cougar. Okay, yep. yeah. And um, uh, right now we have another market, too. We also have uh, – we utilize uh, both the Thunder in the winter. So we have a winter market, which usually happens during Thanksgiving weekend. And so, you know, that's becoming bigger. And, uh, you know, there's just uh, – you know, when, 
once winter market's over, we know we're already starting on um, getting ready for pathways. So, you know, this is almost like a yearly thing now we're thinking about. But in terms of like expanding to like expanding programming, I'm not really sure, you know, because this is still fairly new. You know, we were only in the third year. Um, you know, and I've uh, just came on like last year, so you know, I'm you know I'm still learning. So, you know, I think we're all in this learning process of like what uh, what the possibilities are and what what can happen. You know, and it's just you know I think it really depends on you know more support from people. You know, more people coming, more people getting uh, attraction. You know, if there's people that want to be involved. You know, if people want to offer a different type of perspective or uh, you know service. You know, I think we're open to that. And Cougar, what does it take to to get people to come out and, and attend a big festival like this, especially now with with the economy kind of tough and you know it's it's expensive to travel and to to stay in hotels and things like that. What do you have to do to 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 draw people to Santa, to northern New Mexico, to Buffalo Thunder, to Pueblo of Pewaukee for this weekend and then again again in December for the for the winter show? Um, yeah, yeah, it was, you know, that's kind of where I was focusing on, you know, I focused on a lot of like travel news, travel media this year and trying to get the word out, um, you know, and just, uh, you know, just trying to figure out like how to, how, you know, we bring people. So, you know, um, I think what we can offer is like we, you know, parking, you know, definitely you can come here and park. You can just, you know, you can find parking easily. And that's one thing that we uh, have an advantage on, you know. And another thing is just like just a variety of other other things that are um, other artists. You know, you have, we have big name artists here, like uh, uh, that can attract, you know, people. And, you know, I think just a variety that we offer is, you know, something that uh, people are interested in. So, uh well, you know yeah cougar tell i'm sorry cougar well tell us about some of those some of those artists that you're especially excited about here at Poe pathways who are really pushing boundaries and, and making strong statements yeah um well this year we have uh insurgents you know we've actually created a a, a little you know we we wintered in, into this little partnership where they would be designing i don't know if you saw the the, the t-shirts that we made you know so we that they designed that we made with them and um you know they they are have been traveling throughout the country so you know we were lucky to have them here at pathways and the other artists like roxanne swinso you know she's she has a gallery here at um the post center um and just other, other other artists that are here um, that have traveled for I think there's like 45 tribes here represented more than 45 tribes from across the country. So it's just um, yeah, it's just it's just you know everybody has a very unique perspective. You know, so we we have that contrast of like you know um, very traditional arts, but also just very contemporary uh, arts like. Uh, that I made with like other media, like digital media and film. So, yeah, that's that's something that we, um, I think, we can take pride in. Thanks, Cougar. Jacob, I want to ask you more about the concerts and and some of the films that are going to be previewed. Now, are are the concerts going to be mostly indoors? Will they be outdoors? Do you have multiple venues? Yeah. So it's uh, again pathways all three days: uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, we have indoor and outdoor stages. Um, we have about 10 to 12 performers every day, pretty much uh, on the hour. You know, we have uh, 
we have the dance groups first in the morning, start off our day, you know, kind of bless the day to everybody, all the artists, all the performers, you know. Um, so, yeah, they start off the day, and then, you know, it's just one after the other. We'll have an outdoor performer, and then we'll have an indoor performer, and those indoor performers are more kind of solo, acoustic, kind of intimate performances, you know, because it's indoors. Um, and it draws a pretty good crowd, I think. Last year we had um, Dakota Beavers from Prey come out, and his uh, family band performed, and, you know, that was kind of nice, uh nice concert because, right, it's really intimate, it's really in, uh, indoors, and it's close, and you can meet the... Uh, performers and the musicians right away but yeah so um yeah indoor outdoor stages pretty much on the hour everybody's probably performing i'd say 30 to 45 minutes um but yeah check us out on social media and you can go online to bowcenter.org to check out the schedule of events and check out all the programming that we have like again we're having uh the sundance indigenous film program um that's going on this weekend and we have silver bullet screening also um, we got some live artist demos and um, some panels also. And what about for children? Are there some family-friendly concerts and other activities? Yeah, so we'll be having a kids' corner um, all three days. Um, I think we're giving out some backpacks with some school supplies to students. So come by, get get some um, before they run out. We'll also have uh, Meow Wolf on Friday and Saturday from noon to three and they're going to be doing a rainbow art installation. And so what they're going to be doing is they're bringing a uh, four foot by eight uh, installation project. And that um, I believe the kids are going to be coloring this rainbow and the rainbow is going to be featured at Meow Wolf in the rainbow rainbow room that they just created this past summer too. So that's exciting. And hopefully we can get that uh, rainbow also at the Paul Cultural Center too. That is super exciting. And of course, it, it all takes place uh, within the the large complex here that is Buffalo Thunder Resort. And Jacob, do, do all these shows and all these different entertainment options, do they kind of align with what Buffalo Thunder does with its entertainment agenda as well? Yeah, I think so. You know, um, you know they have concerts here at Buffalo Thunder too. But then also I want to add that we do a um, we have another weekly market here at Buffalo Thunder for artists. It's called Native Artist Showcase, and so we do that every Friday and Saturday here at Buffalo Thunder, um, three to eight thirty in our um, I believe it's the butterfly butterfly lobby next to Red Sage, and so we have um, we have that every weekend. And you know it's only uh, ten dollars for the whole weekend. Um, people can come here and sell, and you know. It's a pretty big, uh, it's a pretty big thing when we have, you know, acts coming to Buffalo Thunder and performing, and then those people who are visiting the concert come by and see authentic Native art at Native Art Showcase too. So that's another avenue um, that people can sell that too. And of course, this is the heart of, or one of the hearts of Pueblo Country, I should say, <laughs> Northern New Mexico. A lot of tribes up in this area. And there's definitely a focus on, on some of the Pueblo culture, but uh, it's really important to stress that this is uh, something for, for Native people from nations all over Turtle Island, right? Yeah, for sure. And then I think like Carl and Cougar said, you know, Pathways is about community, I think. You know, um, we try to focus on showcasing our artists, helping out our artists as much as we can. You know, one thing that we did when we did our call for artists and the artist applications is that um, we were doing in-person application process. You know, if somebody um, who isn't uh, computer uh, savvy could come by the All Cultural Center, 
We could help them out with the artist application. They could call in and then they could do it online. And, you know, so we try to make things simpler and easy for artists to do, you know, our, even our booth fees, you know, we, um, like Carl said, the first maybe 25 this year were free. And I think those were gone within 30 minutes of announcing our uh, artist application. <laughs> and so, you know, it's, it's about supporting native art, right? Supporting and community listening to each other and um, supporting each other. Jacob, Carl, this all sounds like so much fun. It's so inspiring. But do you expect to get any sleep tonight or this weekend at all? Any sleep, any rest? It sounds like you're just going to be going nonstop for the yeah, next four I, it's, days. It's been, uh, it's been insane, you know. I've been, uh, I've been kind of uh, stressing out and worrying about the festival. But, you know, I'm, I'm glad it's here. You know, it's been a whole, I don't know, 10, eight, 10 months of planning. And, uh, you know, I think this is my second year working here at the Folk Cultural Center with, with Pathways. And so every year I think it just gets better. And, you know, I look forward to seeing a lot of people, seeing friends, seeing family you haven't seen before or, you know, or meeting new people. And so I'm excited. I think that's what's keeping me going, keeping me awake, you know, is uh, getting excited for all the events that are going on too. <laughs> and, uh, and Carl, when you started this this festival three years ago. It, was this all part of the master plan or have you been pleasantly surprised at how successful Poe Pathways has been? Um, I've been pleasantly surprised. I mean, when it first started, I called a couple of um, artists and um, art organizers and asked about their thoughts about it. And I, uh, you know, they really encouraged me uh, to, to do this and that, yeah, you know, a lot of artists really need that. You know, if, it, if the artists need it, let's do that. And so we're able to do that. Uh, the first year, yeah, it's a big question mark. You know, are, are, are they going to come? If we build it, are they going to come? And, and they did. And um, our staff here, you know, hustled, uh, got things done, uh, along with a lot of the tribal support here in Pauke. Um, and each year it gets easier and easier. And so we're really proud of that. And I'm proud of my staff. And I thank them for, you know, hustling every year. And each year we try to make it as easier for us and for the artists as well and the public. Well, folks, that is all the time we have for our show today. I want to thank all of our guests that joined us here at Buffalo Thunder on the phone. We had Josie Kai, Sage Mountainflower, Carl Duncan, Jacob Shihei, and Cougar V. Hill. All of you, thank you so much for taking the time to talk about Poe Pathways Indigenous Arts Festival. Listeners, we're going to continue this focus on Native Arts tomorrow. We will be live at the Santa Fe Indian Market if you're going to be in Santa Fe on Friday, you're welcome to come by, see our show live. We'll be at the La Posada de Santa Fe Hotel. Go to our Facebook page or Instagram to find out how to attend it. Starts at 10.30 a.m. Friday in Santa Fe. Until then, I want to thank all of our guests once again. Listeners, keep the faith. We'll be back again tomorrow. Thank you. I'm Michael, and I used to smoke. I never used to think about breathing. Then my left lung collapsed, and I was diagnosed with COPD. Now I think about breathing all the time. I'm on an oxygen machine so I can breathe. I take medicine so I can breathe. My tip is, enjoy the breaths you don't have to think about. You don't know how long you'll have them. Smoking can cause COPD. You can quit. For free help, visit cdc.gov quitnow. A message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention.
Support provided by Amerind. Amerind is 100% tribally owned and partners with tribes and their businesses to provide affordable commercial insurance coverage, protect tribal sovereignty, and strengthen Native American communities by helping to keep dollars in Indian country. Information about property, liability, commercial auto, and workers' comp available at amerind.com. That's A-M-E-R-I-N-D dot com. Native America Calling is produced in the Annenberg National Native Voice Studios in Albuquerque, New Mexico by Kwanek Broadcast Corporation, a native nonprofit media organization. Funding is provided by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting with support from the Public Radio Satellite Service. Music is by Brent Michael Davids. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.